Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our good friend, Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate, joins us once again. Mark, what's going on, my man? Great to see you. And let me start by saying congratulations to you and your Florida Gators. What a win on Saturday night against the Vols. Thank you, my brother. Thank you very much, man. Uh, So what's the change? Is the change no more calls? So, yeah, we're going to go noon to 2 instead of noon to 3. We're going to eliminate the Q&A power hour Monday through Thursday. The only questions we'll take is – Super chats and in our Discord. And then Friday, we're going to have more of like a traditional mailbag episode where it's that first hour is nothing but questions, comments, calls, all that good stuff. Working smarter, not harder, Mark Ryan, and just trying to sharpen things up and be more efficient with my time, the content that we're producing. And so this was the decision that was made. So that's that's where we are. But it won't affect it won't affect you at all, my friend. It won't affect you or any of our no, guests no, at all, no. which I'm very Listen. excited about. Listen here, brother. Listen here. I'm trying to figure out what I can say on this. Uh, so I will say this. Uh, I am on your side as to show duration. Okay. Especially when you factor in all that we have to do uh, to do our jobs in today's day and age. Right. Like the days, Chris, of you just being able to host a radio show and you've done your job are over. Right. Like you. Right. So today, in order to thrive, not just survive, but thrive, we've got to deliver a level content as often as possible through as many mediums as possible. And so I may or may not have argued that very case uh, as to do we really need a four hour show uh, very recently, Chris, very, very recently. So believe you me, man, uh, I hear you. I think as, uh, as time goes on, it's going to trend away from that. You know, because we need to be spending time on on social media. We need to be spending time on video and podcast. And the show can always be part of that. Chris, as you know, man, there's always going to be a spot, I think, for local content, uh, good local content. At the same at the same token, um, you know, our forms uh, producing a multitude of things. So I don't think that change is going to hurt you at all. And I appreciate the love and support, Mark. And to your point, I think people do not, and, and they don't have to, obviously, but people do not stop and think about the amount of time, for example, that you put in. It's it's not just three to seven. It's the hours of prep. It's the hours of post-show and you know analyzing what you did. Maybe you're doing some editing. Maybe you're meeting with your producer or what have you. So it, it becomes, it's much more than four hours. Like It's just, you well, know, well, it, yeah. it's much Chris, more than that. Chris, you know, to your, to your point, right, to your point, like, we do a four hour show every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know how much that time, how much time that takes to do right, to do a show right. And this is kind of bringing your audience behind the curtain a little bit. 
takes one hour of prep time for every hour you're on the air minimum. Okay. So now if you're in my shoes, okay, that's eight hour day, just prepping the show and hosting the show. That's not accounting for all the talks I have with sales and the schedule that I put out for our station and social media usage um, and recording promos. Right. So it's just, you know, a two hour show with two hours of prep requires four hours a day. A three hour show with three hours of prep requires six hours a day. Right. So I, I do think uh, I do not disagree, Chris, with your with your decision. I think that's the most diplomatic way I can uh, do like John Mayer said and say what I need to say, you know. Indeed, Mark. And again, I appreciate your support. Let's talk some college football, my friend. Look back on the week that was, obviously. Let, let's start with your Gators. What did you see that you liked? Obviously, jumped all over Tennessee. It was, you know, I, admittedly, Mark, I, I, you know, I watched South Carolina, Georgia. We, were, we did the post-game call-in show, which ran till about 8.30, and I looked up, and I cut on the game. 26-7 to 7 at the half. I'm like, what is going on? Trevor Etienne, the running game, I thought Graham Mertz was very efficient. And, uh, you know, there, there's life is not so... Not so smooth after Hendon Hooker after all for Tennessee. But your overall thoughts and and really most importantly, like what that win, what it means for Billy Napier, right? Because they've been selling the recruiting success and we're headed in the right direction, but nothing can beat what winning does for you. And that was a huge win on Saturday. I've never felt, Chris, the narrative change for a head coach more on one game than what Billy Napier. Now, look, who knows what the future holds, Chris? But you know as well as I do that the Billy Napier air, uh, arrow was pointing down heading into that game, right? Like the oh, arrow yeah. overall, yeah. start a year two, the arrow was pointing down. Mm-hmm. Now the arrow is clearly pointing up. Uh, you're right on Tennessee, Chris. You know, suddenly for the Gamecocks, the Florida game might be less winnable than it was. The Tennessee game might be more winnable than it was, but... I just want to know, Chris, do you have anything to say about having the Gators second to last in your preseason SEC rankings? I'll have you know, kind sir, I'll have you know that in my most recent power rankings in the SEC, Florida is fifth. And I actually think that might be conservative considering what I what I saw on Saturday. Look, long season ahead. Who knows how this is going to play out? I asked myself today, Chris, Mark, if you if you if somebody could tell me that the Gators would finish the season in the top 25. They're in the top 25 right now in one of the polls. If they'd finish the season in the top 25, if they finished the season 25th, would I take that right now? Yes, I would, I would take that. I would take that right now, year two, Billy Napier with that schedule. But, um, you know, we talked about it, Chris. This week, it's crazy to me that we have Clemson's D-Day week, South Carolina's D-Day week on the exact same week. Last week, it was Florida. And they passed the test. So they survived. It is possible now to make something of this season. A loss to Tennessee would have made that an impossibility. And Mark, to your point, you are right. I had Florida ranked 13th in my SEC power rankings. And believe it or not, I had some people daring to tell me that was too high. So take that for what it's worth. But I actually do. I gave Florida their props. I bumped the Gators up to fifth as well. Um, you know, I've gotten some, some grief for my power rankings because are they really power rankings? But I factor in a number of things when I do the power rankings and some of it's just 
are you deserving? And I'm you beat a team like Tennessee the way they did. I think they were deserving to make a big jump. Now we look at South Carolina, Mark. You were much more on the mark than I was. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be yet another blowout loss. And, and listen, you had a close game. Showered with yeah, I, listen, you you had a hey, you had a good weekend. You you had a good weekend, man. You. You called the close ball game. Uh, score was a little bit different, but you called a very, very competitive ball game in this one. What did you see from South Carolina? And, you know, I know you and I talked about this earlier in the week, like no moral victories, and you thought the Gamecocks fan base had, had actually done a really good job of not accepting moral victories. And I think, as I told you, it's because you had victory in your grasp. And it wasn't a situation where Georgia was up 24 nothing and you scored 14 late and you're, you're kind of beating your chest over it like – South Carolina fans, I think you got to a point in that game you expected to win, and, and you didn't, and it was disappointing. But as you move forward, Mark, what did you see from South Carolina that you think positives that can be taken away, that they can carry on, and maybe did, maybe did it give you more hope that South Carolina can be closer to that seven- or eight-win team that we thought they could be and you know not so much that five- or six-win team that I think we thought they might be after UNC? Yeah, this is more widening the lens, Chris. It's more mm-hmm. macro than micro. But the fact that the last three times South Carolina played Georgia, they lost by an average of 32 points and they lost by 10. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the wide lens view is they belonged on the field with Georgia. That's not meant as a backhanded compliment. It's just that we haven't seen that since 2019, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're disappointed. You know, you can throw question marks up about the play calling in the second half. Why did they get away from being aggressive? Why did they maybe look like they played scared? a little bit in the second half. Oh my God, are we really going to do this? Um, That's fair, right? But what's also fair is that they gave Georgia all they could handle. Now, you know, it's to those people who want to live in a black and white world. Oh, Mark, that sounds like a moral victory. No, no, no. The thing I was most impressed with, Chris, is that the Gamecock fan base has now graduated past accepting moral victories. That is a massive step in the growth of the program. Because as you always hear me say, Chris, ultimately your program will be a reflection of what you as a fan base accept. And if you're patting them on the back after losses, that's what you're always going to be, okay? Um, The the tail is always going to be wagging the dog. So uh, I I love that I'm seeing Gamecock fans pissed, miffed, bent about the fact that the Gamecocks didn't win that game. Man, that is a great sign. And what it tells me, Chris, is as long as you've got Rattler out there, you got a chance in any ballgame. Mm-hmm. You can't convince me otherwise. How many other SEC teams are going to be within 10 of Georgia? How many are going to be good enough to have a lead at halftime? That's the good, Chris. The bad and the ugly is this looks more like a one-man team now than I've ever felt before. <laughs> you know? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And so I, I think, Mark, the big question now becomes is, and I guess one of my fears, and I, you know, I feel like South Carolina is in a good position with Spencer Rattler because obviously in this dabble logging scheme, he's he's confident, he's clicking on all cylinders. I mean, that that's the big thing for Rattler, I think. You know, comparing last year to this year is like, as long as he's playing confidently and, and within the system and, and sort of playing freely, if you will, like he's you're probably going to get a pretty good version of him. But you know, we're all human, so like on a night in which he's off. What is is South Carolina able to overcome that and win a ball game? And I just with what? Like, what is their second pitch? And I mean, I, I don't know what it is that you know. And I know you mentioned this, Jake Crane mentioned this. I said this yesterday that you know, and we can argue it for sure. But I mean, Spencer Rattler. There are few teams out there that they have one individual player that's more important to their success than Rattler is. I mean, it's just when you look at what he's doing for this offense right now, carrying this football team. Chris, with Spencer Rattler. This team could be seven and five or eight and four. Without Spencer Rattler, this looks like a three and nine bunch. Because without Spencer, I'm I'm not meaning that yeah, to be no, insulting, Chris. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm just, you know, um, the defense is ranked 104th right now, right? The offensive line, uh, if you look at advanced statistics, might be worse than that. So, you know, Chris, we talked all offseason about the fact that the Gamecocks were the only team in America that finished with a winning record. That was below rank 100 in rush offense and rush defense. Um, in advance of this call, I haven't yet seen those stats. I don't want to look at them through three games, just three games, Chris, this year. But suffice to say, it's not better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like those those things aren't better right now um, than they than they were previously. So, um, you know, what I'm struggling with and what I want to ask you about is. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that in year three is where the studs are separated from the duds in college football, right, in terms of head coaching. So with that being said, Chris, does the belief level drop in Shane Beamer if this is a somewhat forgettable season? If this is a limp to six and six, does the belief level fall in Beamer a bit? Mark, as I said about Billy Napier, I'll say about Shane Beamer. No coach is immune to the effects of losing. I don't care how much goodwill you've built up or what you've done in recruiting or, you know, how many fancy slogans you've put together or that this was your dream job. No coach is immune to it, Mark. So, you know, I I think it would take a – I think six and six or worse. I I think people would start – some would start to lose. I mean, Mark, you have three sides of this, right? Like you have three sectors of folks. You've got your negative, pessimistic, like they are almost just waiting for something bad to happen. These are the doom and gloomers, I think, that Shane Beamer probably speaks out and lashes out at a a decent amount. Then you got people that are going to support Shane Beamer blindly no matter what because he's their head coach. And then you've got the law. I can't stand those people, by the way. Right. I can't stand, whether it's Clemson, Florida, South Carolina, you know, have an objective lens. Those and are the I think people that I respect. Yeah. And I think I think each of those I just mentioned makes out about 10%, 10%, about 20%. I think your vast majority, the 80% in the middle of kind of more of just kind of your rational fan, I think the folks that 
tune into TSUS because it's not sunshine pumping, but it you know, gives you both sides, sees both sides. So, like, will there be faith lost? Yeah, I, I think there will be. I think it's natural, man. Like you mentioned, I mean, third year, we know it's, you know, it's it's boom or bust. It's it's kind of you start to figure out is is this guy the guy? Is he not? So, you know, if you go six and six, I don't think there's a single Gamecock fan out there, obviously, that would say that was meeting expectations. And again, as much as we love Shane Beamer, and I mean, that's kind of the funny thing, right, Mark? Like I remember back during the summer, the conversations of like Shane Beamer's basically untouchable, and it's like. You know, people asking me, is he going to win the national title? Is he going to win the SEC championship? Like, this would never happen. We'd never feel this way. And then, obviously, you got in very hot water for the the Muschamp-Beamer uh, comparisons. And I, I'm not trying to bring that back up or say that the comparison's spot on. But all I'm saying is this. I remember a time where Will Muschamp was beloved by Gamecock fans. I remember that when I called for his job, people did not respond. Some people did not respond to it rather well. But all I'm saying is this, when he's your guy, like when you hire the guy, nobody thinks they could ever get to a point where they want the coach fired. But Mark Ryan losing does some funny things to you. So, I, you know, I think if this is a, a disappointing season, I, I, I mean, I remember Mark vividly last year, the week of the Tennessee game after the 38-6 to beat down of Florida, you had Gamecock fans on this show questioning Shane Beamer at that point. So, Look, they, they most they most certainly will, Chris. And this is why I've said, Chris, that Shane Beamer is not on the hot seat, but he is under pressure. There's a difference between those two things, right? Billy Napier is not on the hot seat, but he is under pressure. And Billy Napier removed quite a bit of that pressure on himself last week. Um, Shane Beamer has an equal opportunity to do so this week. You know, Chris, if, if I know you make your predictions later in the week, and uh, I don't know how much your audience overlaps with mine. I see a few people in the comments that do. I think South Carolina is going to absolutely open a can on Mississippi State this week. I was the moron, Chris. And let me tell you, man, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm 7-2 and two on my bets thus far this year. But one of my two L's was Mississippi State last week, which was my upset pick. I was watching that. I was floored. Do you know they had nine consecutive plays Nine consecutive plays, Chris, that went for zero or negative yards against, against like all of summer long. I'm like, Will Rogers, first team all SEC, second team all SEC. Is that Will Rogers or Mr. Rogers? You know, like what what is <laughs> what what is going on there with that with that school? What's going on is rest in peace. They lost the one and only mm. g- genius head coach. There's there's no other guy that can call the plays, win the plays. It's not it's not calling Mike Leach's plays. It's not calling Steve Spurrier's plays. It's how they call them and when they call them that made them the geniuses that they are, right? And so, Chris, I think you could see a South Carolina offense that explodes and a South Carolina defense that gets healthy. Don't put uh, a result like 40-16 to 16 South Carolina. Don't put that out of the question, all right? The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends, Over at Twisted Tea, are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. 
Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs Up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs Up, S P or S U P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought, whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is. Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. And so, Mark, actually some fun news for you. Starting next week, because of the changes of the show, I will actually start dropping my predictions on Thursdays. So you yes. will know. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll be able to we'll, – we'll, yes. uh, we'll, we'll have some fun with that for sure. But, uh, yeah, okay. So you got Carolina taking Mississippi State to the Wichita. I will tell you, I had Bulldogs plus 10 also, and uh, I was not thrilled with what I watched. I no. believe they had – I believe they had seven yards just before halftime. Seven yards. Bro, that is what we call seven. a statement. LSU got <laughs> tired of being told yeah. how bad they are in Florida State. And, you know, the craziness of college football, Chris, and the madness behind trying to make sense of all this, right? Mm. You know, is that LSU would have rolled the effort that Florida State put forth against Boston College, mm. right? LSU would have rolled that Florida State team. But because the effort is so different from week to week, you know, if, L- if the LSU game didn't have a lot of hype behind it, LSU rolls them. Now you got a mad LSU team. People are calling Mississippi State like Yahoo's like me and you are calling it their upset pick of the week. And, they, man, from the, from the get-go on that one, it was very clear. that was There was a major talent discrepancy, and the boys in, uh, in purple and gold were, uh, were how should we say, not, not happy. So uh, that, that, that pain was felt. You know, Chris, who is the second-best team in the SEC? I still have LSU. Everyone's telling me Ole Miss is going to beat Alabama this weekend. That, to me, is too predictable. At home, Nick Saban, I think, circles the wagons. It is shocking to me that Saban's team finds himself in kind of a Florida Gator predicament at quarterback where he's going to bench Jalen Milrow, bring him back in the same game, and then all of a sudden now he's the starter for the rest of the season. Like, you know, it's incredible. And suddenly I find myself here on my own. How's everybody doing today? My apologies, Mark. We just crashed there for some reason. I don't know. The the Muschamp Packers working hard today. Anyways, continue, my friend. I do apologize for that. Sorry. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I can't believe that Alabama finds itself in this quarterback quandary, Chris. Um, and, you know, Ty Simpson, Tyler Buckner, they transfer there. They transfer there so they can get one quarter of play. Now they're benched again for the rest of the year. Alabama's in a really, really weird spot right now. I don't know that they lose this week at home to Ole Miss, though. I, I just think the talent level, 1 through 22, is a lot higher at Alabama. Plus, you get them at home. Night game at Ole Miss, that might be a little bit different, right? But to, uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, to your point, Mark, I actually agree with you on the, the Bama-Ole Miss game, and I'm someone that picked Bama to go 9-3 and three over the summer. Um, I don't think this is one of the three, though. And, and to your point, I, I just – I like Ole Miss. I, I like Jackson Dart. I like Quinshawn Juckins. I got to get him going. But it's one thing to beat Tulane and Georgia Tech and, and be what Ole Miss is. But when you talk about going into Tuscaloosa and taking down the Giant, that is a yep. whole other ball game. And so I, I, I do think Bama – I think Bama gets a bounce back win, covers the number. And uh, I think Jalen Milrow should have been the quarterback all along. And I think he plays well. And I do think they will get the W. Mark, really quickly, back to the South Carolina side of things, because I, I want to close out with this on the Mississippi State game, then we'll move to some other things. But you mentioned that this is a boom or bust game, Gamecocks and Bulldogs. Admittedly, my Gamecock PTSD is telling me that this one's going to be a little bit more uncomfortable than I would like it to be. And I guess what I'm fearful of is we've seen South Carolina in spots where, you know, they're quote-unquote supposed to win, they're favored to win, the fan base is expecting to win, and then – South Carolina pisses down their leg and, and just does things that go beyond comprehension. And so I wonder, Mark, is South Carolina able to – showed progress in Athens. Wasn't perfect, but showed progress in Athens. Can they take that and build off of it? Because I think it's this, this program's inconsistencies that make me weary. Like, is it going to make sense? It never seems to make sense with South Carolina. But back to your point, man, the – Boom or bust? How big of a game do you think this is for Shane Beamer in, in year three of his tenure? It's everything. Chris, it's, it's, it's literally everything. Clemson and South Carolina have their boom or bust games on the same week. Now, Chris, you are almost exclusively South Carolina, okay? I am Clemson. I am South Carolina. I am all of college football. Uh, imagine the plight that I'm going to be in, Chris. Our show is going to be in if Clemson loses and South Carolina loses. OK, I might as well just shift my show to being a crisis hotline. OK, like if if that if that happens this week, I mean, it's it's going to be that way. You're going to have listenership drop off. You're going to have people feeling down and depressed. Um, I root for Chris, the teams that I cover to do well, not just for business. Right. Because when you start to cover a team, you start to get to know them. You start to care. You know what I mean? Um I want Gamecocks and Clemson fans to view me as their tough love friend. You know what I mean? I am a friend, but I'm here to shoot straight with you. Okay. I'm here to tell you, I wouldn't date you either. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's the friend that I, that, that I want to be. And um, you know, it's crazy to me. It's so fascinating that both teams have that week right now in the Gamecocks case, Chris, I mean, you, you know, it. the, the positive is, if the worst it gets all year, okay, after the North Carolina game is a 10-point loss to Georgia, man, the future might be so bright you need shades, okay? But if the inconsistencies that have historically played plagued South Carolina creep up again, man, how ugly could this get, right? 
because um, the North Carolina game wasn't a true road game, and that wasn't pretty. The Gamecocks have had a history of being a far different team at home than they've been on the road, right? So then you're looking at the next stretch of four games, all SEC, three out of four on the road, right? Is, is Florida the best chance for a win of those, of those four games? Has Texas A&M found something, righted themselves to a degree by that game? Does Missouri ride uh, that crazy 61-year-old kick from the guy who trademarked the phrase thicker kicker? Did you hear that? He trademarked. <laughs> I did not know he trademarked it. Yeah, I respect thicker it. Thicker kicker. It's incredible. Do, have, do they parlay that into you know a top twenty-five season at Missouri? We don't. Mm. We don't know the answers to that yet. But this is the get well week for South Carolina, Chris, and it damn well better be mm. the, the get well week because it's too late to get well if you drop this one. Let's shift gears, Mark, to that Clemson and Florida State game because, I, I, as you know, right, you've seen it. We've, we've seen it at both fan bases. Like, the Gamecocks are going to be watching this game. I know I'm going to be watching. I'm not ashamed to say it. Uh, one of the biggest games in college football this week. And shockingly, thing go- you're going to be rooting for Garnet again. Shockingly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of Garnet. I hope Garnet does well. But a game that I'm just, you know, I, I think is fascinating. It's going to shape. It's, it could go a long way in shaping the – the college football playoff, you know, obviously with what Florida State has going on, and they're a team that I think a lot of folks are now expecting to be in. But Clemson with Dabo, I mean, backs are against the wall, man. Can they afford to fall to 0-2 in ACC play? And I thought the line this week, Mark, was interesting because it's a noon game in Clemson. So, like, Clemson doesn't get the luxury of the night game, the crazy environment. I'm sure it'll still be a great environment, but I think FSU caught a break by that game being at noon for sure. One and a half point favor. Like, what, what do you make of that? I mean, I think most look at that and say Clemson has no chance. What say you about this game? You know, Chris, if you made it a blind resume, okay, if you said number four against unranked, what's mm-hmm. the line? Okay. How about if I said to you, blind resume, number four against unranked, what's the line? And then let me show you number 10, Oregon against number 19, Colorado. Oregon's favored by 21 points. Mm-hmm. What's the line then on my number four, <laughs> number no, unranked, right? Mm-hmm. What this is, is the biggest disagreement between the poll voters and Las Vegas that you have ever seen. Okay. That's exactly what is going on right now. And still Clemson being punished for a, for a loss against the Duke football team. Uh, that is far better than anyone thought they would, they would be. If Clemson loses this game, the fire and brimstone is the, in the upstate is going to reach a level that it hasn't reached until since folks want a Dabo fired in year three. Okay? It will reach that level if Clemson loses this game. And if Clemson loses this game, Chris, let me make this clear to you. The season's done. It's done. Okay? You can take them out of the oven. It's, it, they're done. Okay? Chris, Florida State's Duke, Clemson loses this game. Those two schools have zero ACC losses. They would have to lose three in conference play for Clemson to pass either one of them. Okay? So, if you are a Gamecock fan and Clemson loses, celebrate the fact that their season, anything they wanted to do, you have the right to celebrate that their season is cooked. Okay? Um, Now, again, I want Clemson to win. I want South Carolina to win this week. I don't want to have three months of shows where I'm talking fans off the ledge. It's exciting for us, right? Mm. It's exciting for our engagement, Chris. 
when the teams we cover farewell, you know, you get to know these people. You want good things. If you're a good person, you want good things to happen to them. You know, I, I do want Clemson to beat Florida State this weekend, and that's because, not just because I hate every fiber of the Seminoles being, being a Florida Gator alum and fan, right? But, um, you know, I, the, the reality is, Chris, a loss, and it's all she wrote. Roll credits on 2023. <laughs> Mark, will you be at that game? I, I know you guys ventured. You will? Okay, so you will be in will. attendance. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. I will be I will be watching that one. I am I am fascinated to see because you know since that Duke game, what Clemson's rolled Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic. So you know what what you know what what improvements have they made since week one? I guess and obviously going to go a long way in the ACC in determining that. Uh, Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. Mark, last thing before I get you out of here. Obviously, like you mentioned, you don't just talk Gamecocks and Clemson, but you talk all of college football. What are you most looking forward to from week four in the college football season? Anything jump out to you? Obviously, we have. Uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame's a big one. You mentioned the Alabama and Ole Miss game, but anything catch your eye going into this weekend of college football? Yeah, Chris, uh, it's this. It's that I don't think the winner of Notre Dame, Ohio State it's okay. Beginning, you're going to begin to see uh, a separation from the pack for the Michigans, the Georgias, and maybe even the Texases of the world, I've been incredibly impressed with Washington. Kalen DeBoer, year two, Michael Penix Jr., right? How about the case for guys like that that are making, like, uh, Gator fans, South Carolina fans, feel better about their, that transfer quarterback, their transfer mm -hmm. quarterbacks? Chris, sometimes it can be the situation. Like, the situation just isn't right. Michael Penix Jr. was a mediocre QB at Indiana. Look at what he's doing to Washington right now, man. No one has a chance against the Washington Huskies right now. So I really look at this weekend, Chris, what is intriguing me is I think we begin to get that separation in terms of the tiers of college football this weekend. And I hope, Chris, we're both talking about, still talking about meaningful football when you and I reconvene <laughs> next week. You know, um, we do a segment called Truth Serum, Chris, where we, give you four statements and the audience votes on which statement is most likely to be proven true over time. One of the four statements yesterday was Clemson and South Carolina both lose. The other one was Clemson and South Carolina both win. South Carolina has a 60% chance of winning. Clemson has a 60% chance of losing. But, but as you know, man, two, that, what that means is two wins or two losses are very, very possible. Very possible. Separation Saturday, says Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. Check him out every single day, 3 to 7. Mark, you guys do a fantastic job, and I appreciate you taking the time weekly to jump on our airwaves. I appreciate you guys. Would love to have you follow us on Twitter. We'd appreciate that greatly if you'd like to do so. Uh, and by the way, if you can tell everybody that you talk to that, man, that Mark Ryan guy, he really is objective. You know, he says some things about my team that I really don't like sometimes. <laughs> but he truly is objective. I'm at Mark Ryan on air. That's at M-A-R-C Ryan on air. Chris, congratulations on all the blessings in your life, man. You've earned them. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you, Mark. Thank you so much.